Ladies and gentlemen, happy Halloween. This is the Pick and Pod back as always, once every single week. My name is Rich. This time, not joined by Kevin, just like the Chicago Bulls. Kevin's MIA today. He's got work. He's trying to put a roof over my head. That's fine. But Kevin's not here today. But instead, we have a pinch hitter in today. Baseball's over. But our pinch hitter for tonight, Adam Corsair of the South of the Six pod. Adam, how's it going, man? What's going on, man? It's cool that like the Expos finally won the World Series, too. Am I right? Yeah, this yesterday was a big day for Canada, I'd say. <laughs> for sure. But um yeah, I'm happy to be on. Thanks for having me and uh, and uh you know, it's it's peculiar that when the Bulls get the floor wiped with them, Kevin's nowhere to be found. So, I don't know, coincidence, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. He says he has work, but I mean, it's 8 o'clock. Does he on really Halloween. have work <laughs> on Halloween, you know? Um, it's not like Kevin's an adult or anything. Um, I don't know. It's it's strange. He was on every single episode so far, and then the Bulls get slapped by the Raptors, lose to the Knicks. They blow a 98-90 lead with like two minutes left, lose to the Knicks, and then whatever that was yesterday against Cleveland. So the Bulls are 1-4. and four. They're still on, on track to win 50 games, as Kevin predicted, <laughs> and they're still on track to finish ahead of the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals, which, in the Eastern Conference playoffs, which shouldn't be too difficult because Kyle Lowry is supposed to fall off a cliff and the Raptors are not supposed to make the playoffs, correct? <laughs> I mean... If you're if you're Kevin Kacheri, yeah, that makes total sense to you. But if you're, I guess, anybody else, uh, the way the Bulls are playing and the teams that they're losing to, I think, makes a little bit more sense. So I'll ask you, what is the most shocking uh, defeat, the Knicks or the Cavs? Um, I would say the Knicks, just because I would agree. They're up 98 to 90, and then you, and then that was Bobby Portis's revenge game. He brings, <laughs> he wills that team back. Against the Bulls with like two minutes left, and I think the Knicks went on like a 15-0 run to end the game. That's horrible. It's, yeah, yeah. As soon as um, you know we saw them play, I was against the Raptors. Yeah. I was like, this team's not going anywhere. Yeah, like if I'm just looking quickly at their schedule right now, and we won't spend too much on this because the Bulls aren't worth the conversation. Because I told Kevin if they're below 500, we're not going to talk about them. Um, <laughs> But if I'm just looking at their schedule right now. So the very first game of the season, they lost to the Charlotte Hornets and they were destroyed by rookie PJ Washington. Right. Then they yep. lost to the Raptors and they got shelled on by OG Ananobi, who had a career game against the Bulls. Then they played the Knicks, who were shelled on by Bobby Portis. Uh, Chicago was shelled on by Bobby Portis. And then. They lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers because Tristan Thompson, a Canadian legend, went for twenty-three and ten, and mm. that's how. Then that's all she wrote right there. So that's the Bulls in in a nutshell. So we're not going to talk about that too much. Uh, we're going to talk some Raptors. Uh, but first of all, how's your Halloween going so far? It was great, man. It was my daughter's first time going out. Uh, I, she was alive last year. She's one now. So it's like she was alive. But obviously she's, not, <laughs> she's not going out okay. when she's at that point. She was uh, four right. months old. So uh, my wife, myself, my daughter, my mother-in-law and my mom, we all went out as the tune squad from Space Jam. That's awesome. Oh, hell That's yeah. Great. It was great. And 
did he get a lot of candy? Did he go trick or treating oh, yeah. with her? Or? Oh yeah, yeah, See, yeah. That's, she. She didn't. So uh, she's a. Mm-hmm. So she's like a year and a half now, kind of. Right. She'll around. be a year and a half in December. Yeah. So she like she knew to hold her bucket up and to get the candy. Yeah. She obviously doesn't know. Uh, no, nah, we dressed her up as Tweety. We had the Toon Squad jersey going all the way down uh-huh. to her feet like she did. I was Bugs. My uh, my wife was Lola. My mother-in-law was Taz. And obviously yeah. the most unathletic, the shortest, and the uh, whitest person of them all, my mom was my daughter. <laughs> so it makes sense. There we go. You figured it out. And the funny yeah. thing is, I'm guessing like your daughter probably doesn't eat the candy. So you just show no. off a, a little cute kid and you probably get a lot of candy for it. And the candy's all yours. Oh, yeah. And like what we did was we didn't buy a whole lot this year. Yeah. The reason being is we would just hit pass it right back out. So our neighborhood right. gets mobbed. So we're already out of candy. OK, wow. Well, anyway, anywho, let's uh, get back on track. Talk some Raptors. Sure. Unlike the Bulls, the Raptors are four and one. Um, so we're expected to lose a whole lot of games in the near future because they're not going to make the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, but what, what are your general thoughts about the Raptors so far? It seems like there's only a few guys playing a lot of minutes. Kyle Lowry's playing close to 40 minutes a game. He's leading the league in minutes per game. Fred Van Vliet is right up there, too. And it seems like Nick Nurse is rolling with a really tight rotation very early into the season. What are your thoughts so far? Uh, well, first of all, it's factually correct to say that the Toronto Raptors only lost one game in October. You know, like that's something, even though it's a small sample, super small Mm -hmm. sample. But, uh, you can tell within the first week of the season, you can tell a difference for how they played the first two games and the, uh, following three, the first two games, they were sort of like trying to get their chemistry underneath them. They're probably still developing their, their stamina to them. Like you could see this in Marcus all, he was sort of like unconditioned a little bit. Um, you were worried of, as you mentioned about the lack of depth or the, rather the depth being kind of bad, um, that mm-hmm. Nick did flirt with, but otherwise, man, like this past handful of games, the past three games, I've been very encouraged with what I saw so much so that uh, the most recent game uh, that was by far against Detroit, the best game so far that I've seen them play. Like, I know it's only been five games, but other than a few defensive lapses and maybe a little bit of mental errors outside of that, man, they were playing a unit and every, the ball was flying. I like what I'm seeing. My worry is, mm-hmm. are they going to be trotting out Kyle Lowry as much as they are? And if they are, that doesn't spell mm-hmm. good things for towards the end of the season. Yeah, and that's that's really the big thing because the Raptors are so much better with Kyle Lowry on the court because not only now that he looks like he's 2016 Lowry and he's putting out 20-plus points per game, but he also gets you the hustle plays. He has the intangibles. He runs the entire offense. He's so important on the defensive end. He takes all the charges. But at the same time, it's important to understand that this is only game five of 82, and the Raptors' plans go beyond this season. They're trying to defend their championship. And we saw Kawhi Leonard. He he was uh, he did his load management thing the other night against the Utah Jazz. Do you think the Raptors are going to start to get into that ter- uh, territory where they might have to consider like, e- either just heavily lowering his minutes because 40, 40 minutes a game for a dude who's 33, 34 years old isn't going to cut it? And like the Raptors need Lowry healthy. So what do you think is the move right here? I think the move right now is to keep the status quo and to 
incrementally increase McCaw's minutes to see what you got mm-hmm. there. Um, because if you're going to give Kyle Lowry a load management day, you really only have one point guard on your squad, and that's Fred VanVleet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it depends on what you see from McCaw. Last night against Detroit was encouraging. It wasn't enough for me to be super confident, but if they're playing a, a team like, say, Cleveland or Charlotte or even Chicago, sorry, Kevin, you know, any of these teams, mm-hmm. then I'd be more apt to give Kyle Lowry a rest, and I wouldn't mind giving it to the hands of McCaw. And even if they cough that game up, whatever, man, it's, it's not going to be a huge deal in the long run it's, as long as your star player is getting his rest. So for right now, you just got to see what you have in Patrick McCaw. You got to keep running him out there. Try to get him more minutes, try to get him more established with the offense and the chemistry. But otherwise mm-hmm. this, this is what we're dealing with right now. You got to keep trotting them out. Yeah. And you, and you also look at guys like Norman Powell and even Terrence Davis guys who can kind of control the ball and kind of bring it up the, up the floor. Do you think the Raptors could possibly dabble with having Norman Powell kind of run the offense for a little bit, just to at least give Kyle Lowry a breather uh, moving forward? No, no, I don't feel comfortable with that personally. I, I don't think that Fine. he's that much of like a facilitator or a playmaker, really. Yeah, it, it's more it's more so just like the Raptors just have to figure something out. And I agree with Patrick McCobb, but I just think the the Raptors are going to become so reliant on Kyle Lowry moving forward. And I mean, if he gets hurt or if he gets just completely worn out throughout the season, it's just going to be it's it's going to look rough uh, down the stretch. Do you think? Do you think Masai Jerry could possibly even make some sort of move moving forward if the Raptors just keep keep winning games, keep playing well, the defense seems to be clicking, Pascal Siakam looks phenomenal, OG Ananobi looks really good right now. Do you think Masai Jerry could be interested in maybe acquiring some sort of backup point guard to kind of dispel the minutes for Lowry? And even Fred Van Vliet because Freddie's playing a ton of minutes too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's definitely on the radar, number one thing on the radar right now. The problem is, is that mm-hmm. it's so early in the season, people aren't really yeah. apt to trade, and the players that you would otherwise like to have on your team probably aren't available for trade until December anyway. So this is what we have to deal with for the next month, month or two. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think that there is a saving grace, though, that if you remember in the preseason, that Norm, I mean, not Norman, not Pascal was practicing and running some plays as the point he did it last night against Detroit. So maybe yeah. in that aspect, you can sort of dispel those minutes for Kyle Lowry and give him a breather. You saw it a bunch last night. Kyle Lowry got a, a little bit of rest, but if Pascal Siakam can sort of be that playmaker and facilitator, which I believe he can be, then maybe that's your answer. Mm-hmm. But the catch 22 there is now you're running Pascal out about 38, 35, 36 yeah. minutes. Game. Like, you know, is that, is that really what you want? I think given his youth, maybe it's not that much of a detriment, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like you want to keep your best player as, you know, as, as fresh as possible, I guess you could say. Right. And just speaking of Pascal Siakam, dude, that guy's been so good right now. Other than Giannis and Joel Embiid, I can make a case that he's the third best player in the Eastern Conference right now. Bro, I told you. Peter Kay told me in the offseason, man, he is definitely a top five player in the East. Like, think about think about in the Eastern Conference. There's really no one that has the stuff, the all around stuff that he has. It's insane. I completely agree. And I mean, he's shooting, I think, close to 45% from three as well. Like, this yep. dude's doing a little bit of everything. Yesterday, just some of the things he's able to do on offense is incredible. 
Like if you think about what he where he was at just a few years ago when he was drafted to where he is now, it's just night and day. I've I other than Giannis, I don't remember I don't know another dude who's just transformed his offensive game like this. Because three years ago he had no idea what he was doing on the offensive side of the ball, and now he's legitimately one of the top fifteen all around basketball players in the entire world. And it's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he hasn't even hit a ceiling yet, bro. I know, and you know what's what's the cool thing? When he starts to hit a ceiling, the Raptors are gonna be signing Giannis. Oh, God. and then we'll and then we'll have both of them. How <laughs> don't be that happen? guy. Don't be that uh, guy, man. But um, just just on that on that note, it seems like because the Raptors are about to play the Milwaukee Bucks, I think Milwaukee's um, their next game. All the rumors around Giannis are starting right now, and and uh, Mark Stein, I believe, of wherever he's from, uh, reported that um, the Toronto Raptors are one of the top suitors for for Giannis. And I'm just reading these all these news. First of all, it's like two years away. I might be dead by then. Realistically, the way <laughs> the way I live my life, I'm going to do something stupid, and I'm yeah. Anywho, but. Hope. Let's hope not. Definitely let's hope not. But it would really, really help because I have a lot of student debt. But um, (laughs) in 2021, I believe that's the year when pretty much everybody's a free agent. Everybody that matters. Meaning there's going to be 30 NBA teams with cap space to make some splashes. Obviously, the Raptors are one of them. So suggesting that the Raptors are very interested in going after Giannis in a, in a free agency period where everybody has money to spend is kind of silly because if, if it was up to me and I'm running whatever team it is, I'd be all in on trying to get Giannis. Like there's going to be 30 teams, assuming he doesn't sign the Supermax next year, there's going to be 30 teams trying to sign Giannis next in 2021. Yeah. Every, every team should make that attempt. Like, you'd be doing a disservice to your team if you didn't. However, I think the only team that really screwed themselves to making any splash acquisitions in 2021 are the Boston Celtics. So you can sort of cross them off the list, this Jalen Brown contract, Mm -hmm. and they're going to have to extend Tatum next year. They have to. And they're going to have to give them a max. So that's going to really front load the pockets a little bit for them. So they're going to have a little bit of a stranglehold. But when it comes to this Giannis type, like, don't get it twisted, man. Like, this is no coincidence. Like, they are playing each other this week. The NBA's fresh. It's hot. Like, it's starting up right now. So you want to get the buzz going as quick as possible. And, you know, to say, to put out this news piece that the Toronto Raptors are going to be aggressively pursuing uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo if he is a, uh, a free agent, well, yeah, that that's pretty much just stating the obvious. And what happens is you have a lot of Twitter heads blowing this out of proportion and being sort of Clipper-esque or Laker-esque about it and assuming mm-hmm. that he's just going to come to Toronto. That's not the case at all. The most likely scenario is he's going to stay with Milwaukee because that— Don't say price, that. Oh, dude, that purse that he's going to be offered from Milwaukee is going to be ridiculous. And there's no indication that says that he's not about the money. However, on the flip side, there's no indication that says he isn't about the money. So, like, it's it's go either way. What's there to do in Milwaukee? Well, if they keep building around him, win. No, well, other than winning. But, like, what else is there to do in Milwaukee? Like, say it's it's a day off. You, you drink a lot of Milwaukee. beer. Eat a lot of cheese. Sounds, drink a lot of beer. 
But he, but okay, but Giannis does like I I look at him on his Instagram. He does not look like like a dude who drinks a lot of beer. And he want if he wants beer, there's a ton of places where I can personally take him to in Toronto. I think Toronto's fun. We have Wonderland. Uh, we have the CN Tower. You can do the CN Tower. You can do the CN Tower walk. Although I hope that's not that's a gonna. I feel like. Any any just professional sports athlete who wants to do the CN Tower walk should just not be allowed to do it. There should, exactly. like every single Toronto team should just have a clause in the contract like you're not allowed doing that. Right. So right. I'm sure there, but there, but we have like we have an island nearby. We have downtown. Downtown's really fun. He comes down to play the Raptors, and we have like the entire Greek community singing the Greek national anthem with him. That's isn't that what Giannis needs? Don't get me wrong. I don't think that there is a lack of smoke here. I don't think that there is a lack of connection. Like, obviously, there are strong ties between him and Masai. And, you know, I mentioned this on the most recent episode with Connor that you had on your show last week. I said, you know, if there's going to be any team that has an outside shot of Milwaukee, it's going to be Toronto. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if he does if he doesn't sign an extension with Milwaukee, he wants to explore free agency. Then I think you can bet your bottom dollar that Masai is going to have a meeting with him. I think that's just out of respect at the mm-hmm. very least, you know, for getting him yeah. citizenship for the lack of a better mm-hmm. way to put it. Um, he'll have a meeting, but I think Milwaukee will have the final meeting and the final pitch. I think the purse is something that is very attractive to people. And, you know, depending on where Milwaukee is in terms of how they're structuring their team and building towards being a contender compared to the Raptors, like the Raptors have a very robust core. And that also hinges on, can they keep Fred Van Vliet? Can they keep OG Ananobi? Mm -hmm. They definitely have Pascal locked up, but after that, it's kind of, question mark like what are you doing are you just having pascal and Giannis and tentacupo i'm not sure that that alone is enough you know what i mean mm-hmm. and let, let's just to, to shift our focus back to the current raptor team um like we discussed pascal siakam looks incredible kyle lowry has been looking like 2016 kyle lowry i think og ananobi other than pascal siakam who i think could make another case for being player uh, most improved player of the year just based on what he's been been able to do. OG Ananobi has looked phenomenal, but oh, yeah. just looking looking at the upcoming schedule for the Toronto Raptors, they're playing Milwaukee on the second, and they're playing Sacramento, who they're not, not that good. But then you have Pelicans, not that good. But afterwards, you have the Lakers, the Clippers, the Blazers, and Dallas. And Dallas is an interesting team too. So. Just looking at the early season schedule, the first five games, other than Boston, uh, not a ton of tough opponents, but it seems like the next little stretch of games is really going to show us what kind of team this Raptors squad is. What do you think about that? For sure, but I do think Milwaukee's a little bit overhyped. They seem a little bit more vulnerable than we anticipated, especially after dropping one to Boston. Um, I don't believe that Boston is that strong. And they came back from a deficit and won that game convincingly. So there's nothing mm-hmm. to say that the Raptors couldn't do that. But the difference is, is that this is going to be in Milwaukee. So they'll have the whole, and mm-hmm. we know Milwaukee can bring it. We know their crowd is loud, um, especially yeah. against the Raptors. So and, unless and Norman this Powell is a revenge game. Oh yeah. 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 It's a revenge game. And you know, Norman Powell will be firing on all cylinders as he usually does mm-hmm. against Milwaukee, but they're going to be determined, yeah. man. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and hopefully Nick Nurse cashes in his uh, Norman Powell 
um, coupon against Milwaukee because they're going to need it. But I, I agree. Milwaukee seems a little bit overhyped. That's why I picked the Philadelphia 76ers to advance to the NBA Finals before the season started. I think just losing Malcolm Brogdon is just a huge loss for that team. We just if you just look at what Malcolm Brogdon's been doing with the Indiana with the Indiana Pacers so far, so far so, it's just like you, he's been great. He looks like an all star, yeah. but. Um, Milwaukee, that's a tough game. But then when you get to the Lakers and the Clippers on a back to back, and then right after that, you're in Portland. It's a really, really tough road trip. This might just be the toughest road trip for the Raptors of the entire season. And the, like, how do you, how do you think the Raptors are going to fare? And what do you want to see from the Raptors during that road trip to show you that, okay, this team's legit. They're going to be a. They're for sure going to be a top four team in the East, despite not having Kawhi Leonard or Danny Green in the fold. Keep it close. That's all you got to do is keep it close. Like don't let LeBron, the demon of Col- LeBron James, you know, sort of show his face again and make you look like fools. Keep it close. Like it, prove to the NBA that you belong. Prove to the NBA that yeah. you're defending champions. If you lose by like five or six. I'm happy with that. Like, I'm not normally a fan of nor- uh, moral victories, but you know what? This is, I'll take it, especially against a back-to-back with LA and LA. Like, that's going mm-hmm. to be a different stretch. But, like, you know, I don't want to yeah. jump too much ahead. The good news is, is that if you look at the Raptor schedule, it's very, very top-heavy. Very top-heavy. So I'd yeah. rather them get all of this out of the way, get all these bad breaks out of the way, and just cruise for the remainder of the season. And I think that is mm-hmm. why they will be maintaining a top-four seed in the East. Mm-hmm. That's that's completely fair. And oh man, uh, first of all, I know you watch some football, right? Oh yeah. Are you just like a Buffalo Bills fan, or are you just like an overall NFL fan? Both. Like I, watching football. I mean, well, being a fantasy football, you know, manager here for the past, I don't know, ten years in a dynasty league. That means I have to pay attention to all of the players. Fair. So I'm I'm very yeah. well equipped in my NFL knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I don't know if you probably know this. We're degenerates on this show, uh, oh, Kevin, yeah. both Kevin and I. And uh, San Francisco just started their game against Arizona. We got San Francisco need a win right there because we're degenerate gamblers. And just, dude, football's killing me because, <laughs> uh, man, like, I don't want it to. I want the season to end right now because it's just been a rough season just gambling wise. But then I just, at, at the same time, I just want, wanted to go on forever. And me saying that might, might um, mean that I have a problem. Um, <laughs> but dude, it's, it's just been so rough and I need San Francisco to pull this out for me today. And I pretty, I'm pretty certain they will. So um, just so our listeners know, San Francisco needs to pull off a win for us. Um, and then of course, Sunday we have our picks uh, for the end of the sh- uh, at the end of the show. Um, anywho, back to basketball. Um, before we uh, talk about some other things, I wanted to just touch on OG Ananobi because OG Ananobi has just looked incredible. He looks like one of the best, one of the better wing defenders in the NBA, and it seems like his offensive game is starting to slowly get there. Like he's starting to hit his three pointers. He's start. He looks really, really strong. He's dr- taking the ball to the hole. He's strong underneath the basket. What are, what do you see from OG Ananobi so far? Confidence, right? And this is the player that uh, a lot of NBA GMs slept on because of the ACL tear, 
right? And that mm-hmm. it, otherwise he would have been a lottery pick. And, you know, with with the sports science being what it is so advanced and it's evolved so much, an ACL tear is nothing now, right? Like that's just, mm-hmm. I guess it keeps you out maybe a year, but like the recovery, the science behind it, how to treat it, it, it is so strong right now. And so that works in OG's benefit. Last year, he was going through some personal things. As we know, mm-hmm. he had appendicitis. He had to get his appendix removed. So like these these types of things weren't working in his favor. And so I think now this year, he wants to prove that he's a part of this organization. I think in the beginning of the, of the season, he expressed that he wanted so bad to help win this championship, but he just couldn't. Like he couldn't get his mm-hmm. body ready at that point. And I think now he wants to prove that he's not just a, a, a jag on this team. Like he's not just a guy mm-hmm. to just throw in and he, he's an actual integral part of this team. And not only this team now, but in his future. So yeah, there are some mm-hmm. things that I like seeing. You mentioned his strength. You mentioned his shooting. It's great. The one thing yeah. that I'm not really confident in is his dribbling. Like it's very erratic. Yeah. I'm not confident, especially on his fast breaks. Like yeah. he gets away with a lot of like push dribbles and stuff, but otherwise, mm-hmm. man, he's just been a joy to watch. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. He's pretty much Kawhi. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's Kawhi. Pascal is Giannis and Kyle Lowry is Steph Curry with just with a broken hand. <laughs> and speaking of which, d- dude, uh, let's just, Talk up, talk about some basketball that doesn't have to do with the Raptors. Steph sure. Curry just broke his hand. Clay Thompson is out for the year, which is a huge deal because I drafted him late in our fantasy draft, thinking that he's going to come back. Um, Draymond Green is pretty much the only dude there with D'Angelo Russell that are wor- just worth noting. What is going on with the Warriors right now? Like they look like absolute ass. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like when you look at the the landscape of the Western Conference, they look like ass. But when you look at the Brooklyn Nets last year, is this situation really that much different than when D'Lo was on the Nets last year? Like he might be able to make some noise and and to push them into contention. I'm not talking like a top four seed, but like them finishing seventh is not at all out of the question for me right now. Yeah, but at the same time. When uh, D'Angelo Russell was part of the Brooklyn Nets, he still had Harris and and, and jo- uh, I believe his name is Josh Allen. No, yeah. that's Buffalo's quarterback. Jesus Christ, I, yeah. I watch too much football. Uh, what's his name? John Harris. Allen? No. Harris? Is that Harris. his name? No, there's Harris is the shooter. Uh, yeah. What's his face? The big, the tall. Oh my God, the center with the fro. Oh, 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 oh. Sh- yeah, good call. Hold on, I'm looking it up right now. I know exactly. Oh my God, that, 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 this is horrible. Drawing a mental break. Good. We talk, anyways, keep. Yeah, but they had that dude. Uh, they had Spencer Dinwiddie. They had Karis LeVert, who came back from his injury. Um, they had Damari Carroll looked pretty good for them last year. So they had a lot of pieces last year that w- were able to kind of help out D'Angelo Russell. But you look at this team right now at the Golden State Warriors, they have five dudes who could be on a G League roster. They have. Glenn Jared Robinson the third. There we go, Jared Allen. Yeah. Uh, they had Glenn Robinson the third, average uh, taking like more shots than he's ever taken in his NBA career. Like this team looks just a complete mess. But the cool thing with this is next year, D'Lo is going to be there. Steph Curry is going to be back. Clay Thompson is going to be back. I'm assuming Draymond Green is going to be back too. And the Golden State Warriors are going to have a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't think they're going to finish that bad. Do you think they're going to be a playoff team? 
because I don't. Just watching them right now, it just it can't happen. Uh, all right, well let's think about it. Like Steph should be back by like January, February, right? That's and, a long time. Yeah, I mean yes, but you know there's a. It's not just like think about the bottom tiers in the Western Conference. Like who do you have like just sliding in there? Maybe like Dallas, maybe Portland, maybe San Antonio. Like just getting in. I mean, like, it's not out of the question I, that they surpass them. I mean, I think San Antonio is a pretty good team. They because are. if you think about it, San Antonio made a made a playoff spot last year without a legitimate point guard, and now they have Devonte Murray, uh, Devonte Murray back, and he looks great, right? Yes. Yeah. So I think I think San Antonio is going to be right there in the thick of things. I think Portland's a solid team. I think I think the West is stronger than it's been in a really long time because Utah looks fantastic. Denver looks great. The Lakers and the Clippers and the and the Houston Rockets are going to be there. It's going to be really really tough for the Warriors to figure something out because they're going to be competing at the very at the very end there with teams like Dallas who they have legitimately two star players right now that are some of the best young players in basketball for sure. For sure. But you know, I, I saying, all right, so they might miss the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to finish any lower than like a ninth seed, maybe a 10th seed. Because when you look at, and when we're talking about the NBA lottery, when you look at yeah. the, the East, like there are so many bad teams in the East. Oh yeah. Like, Including the Bulls. 10, yeah. Yeah. Those top 10 draft picks are probably <laughs> going to be like very East heavy. Right. And so to yeah. say that they're a lottery team, I'm not quite sure I'm there yet. They'll be a top 15 draft pick for sure. I, I would bet on that if they're not going to make playoffs. But a lottery, I'm, I'm not there. That's 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 fair. And let's see, just I mean, the past, these past four games have just I think they played either three or four games, but um, they just got slapped by OKC. They were manhandled by the Phoenix Suns, who kind of don't look that bad right now. Like, what's up with the Phoenix Suns right now? Do you think they're just going to uh, deviate back to the norm in just like a week or something? Because like, I look at the roster, DeAndre Aiden's busted for PEDs because the Phoenix Suns won by like 20 on opening night. And, and Adam Silver <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, that's that's not that's not right. Let's yeah, drug test up. every single one of them. Something's got to come up. And obviously something did. Um, but... The Suns look kind of good, man. Like it seems like Monty Williams is doing some stuff there because I'm sure it's not just the Ricky Rubio effect. Bro, they beat the Clips too. You know, yeah. they 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 beat the Clips, and I, I'm not saying that this is legit. I'm not quite there yet because, like as we've been talking about, the the West is great. So, like to say that the Suns are going to be this this team that's on the up and up, I'm not quite there yet. Maybe not this year. But if they mm-hmm. continue to draft properly and to build around Booker, I love Booker, dude. I, I would I would love him in a Raptors uniform, especially right now. But um, oh. if, if they can build around him, dude, like I, I think mm-hmm. eventually they'll be very good. But this year, like they're just going mm-hmm. off to a hot start. I think it'll, they'll regress. To right. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I really hope they do, because I just wouldn't really know what to do with myself the phoenix suns aren't supposed to be good because that's <laughs> not how life should work right um and just looking at the nba with uh a bit over a week has gone by since the season has started who are some of you like your surprise teams surprise like individual per- performers that just kind of caught you off guard other than i mean the phoenix suns beating the clippers brogdon man 
Like Brogdon has been like pretty eye catching for me. And I'm, I know there was a lot of talk about, you know, him being this, this really good player for the Pacers, but seeing it on the floor right now and having him be the guy, I'm very encouraged by that team. They're still my, that my choice to be the one that's going to give the Raptors the most problems. Maybe not now because miles Turner has is week to week now with a, I think it was an ankle injury. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that doesn't spell good news for them, but Brogdon has been somewhat like I'm bet you I bet you any money that Milwaukee's kicking their ass and saying, man, I wish we held on to him. Yeah, and that's that's phenomenal news for the Raptors. But another name that just looked insane before he also got injured is uh, Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Like his first couple games are insane. And he kind of looks better than what Steph Curry even looked when he was in his second season, you know? Like, that's a dude who's just nuts right now. Like, he got hurt. Uh, fortunately, the injury wasn't too bad as it first appeared. And this dude is just out of this world. Like, I thought he was going to be an all-star this season. And it looks like it looks like he's going to do it if he keeps this up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, as long as he comes back healthy, I'm sure they're not going to rush the process. Because, like, yes, it's it's fun to think that Atlanta will one day be this this really good team. I'm just not going to see it this year. Like, I, I don't yeah. think that's that's happening anytime soon. But mm-hmm. that, that they should be really patient because this is the guy for this is the franchise yeah. guy that you have to build around. And, you know, if they can get him back when he's good and ready, not really care about wins and mm-hmm. losses, much like how the Blue Jays handled like Bo Bichette and Vladimir yeah, yeah. Jr. It's the same thing. Like the wins and losses don't right. really count. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you want to secure your assets. So, yeah, he's right. been he's been super exciting. I think. I love the pick when they made it, and I think he has a very bright future in the NBA. Yeah, and Atlanta is just that sexy team for me because I love Cameron Reddish. I love Trey Young. I think they have so many nice young pieces, and they're just that sexy team in the East. And like, unfortunately for Kevin, Kevin's crazy about the Bulls, but I'll be honest, like Kevin's not here, so which is good because, <laughs> like, dude, I don't really see it with the Bulls, man. I don't. No way. You lost to the Knicks and the Cats. It's not only that. Like, I'm, I think Kobe White is nice. I don't think he's phenomenal. I think Laurie Markkinen, he's got great hair. He's got phenomenal hair. I think he has better hair than Jared Allen, whose name I didn't know, like, (laughs) 10 minutes ago. But, like, I think Laurie Markkinen is a pretty good player. I don't think he's insanely good. Like Wendell Carter Jr., who Kevin just like worships him at his feet. Like, I don't think he's phenomenal. Like, I think the Bulls just have a few good pieces in, in Kobe White, Wendell Carter Jr., and then Laurie Markinen, but I just don't really see it. And Kevin's just kind of tooting the horn of the Bulls, but like, dude, I don't, I don't know. I'm not crazy I, about it. I really like Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine is really, really good and and an all around great. No, I wouldn't say great. He's a solid player. Um, and that's the thing. I, yeah, it, it's just a bunch of solid players. Like, well, not even yeah. just a bunch. Like Zach Levine's a solid player. Um, I mentioned this to you before. I have a soft spot for Chris Dunn because he went to school at PC. That's where I'm from, um, where I live right now. So yeah. I have a soft spot for him. But you can have the sentimentality while recognizing that he's mm-hmm. not really that good yeah. like he's just not <laughs> so like, that yeah, like, has their flaws yeah lots of them it's like i i don't really see it and i'm here's the thing i'm i'm the type of guy who um i'm 
between Kevin and I, I'm the I'm the bigger analytics nerd, and I think that in eventually there's going to be a way to build an NBA team that can compete without a single All Star or superstar. I think it's possible to be done, and I think it's possible. And I think the Utah Jazz are on the right track. I think because there's so many small markets in the NBA, you're going to have to figure out different ways of competing without a superstar. Right. And I think it's possible to do. Yeah, but they got Conley. They have Conley, but uh, Conley's never made an all-star team. I know he's paid being paid like an all-star, but he's never been on that all-star all-star level. Fair. You know, yeah, fair. yeah. Same thing with Rudy Gobert. Even though I think Rudy Gobert should have been an All Star last year, I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be an All Star at some yeah. point in his career. But like they have guys like Bogdanovich, like Joe Inglis. I think like if the I'm I'm just a big supporter of the Utah Jazz because sure. this is something I think is gonna one day happen. I think someone really really smart is gonna take over a team and he's gonna build a smart small market championship team based on like built around guys who just know their roles kind of like the bulls just a bunch of guys who know their roles and fit in and play really hard and just shoot the ball well and play mm-hmm. some good defense so i really hope that if before the season started i picked the golden state warriors to be like a surprise nba finals uh pick because i thought steph curry is going to be healthy and clay thompson is going to come back and everything's going to come go back to normal but be, since the Golden State Warriors are definitely not going to make it now. I would love to see the Utah Jazz make the finals. I don't think they're going to do it, but I would just love to see it. They can spoiler, man. Like I, I think I had them finishing as a fourth seed in the West, and you know, with with playoff momentum, dude, I think they can yeah. they can make that push. I like them a lot, and I think they're going to open. They were good last year, and you know, and they and they yeah. very much improved their squad this year with adding Conley yeah. to the team. So I, I exactly. think they're gonna be very good. Exactly. I would even I'd even go as far as offering them Serge Ibaka and trade if they want him. Just like if the Raptors (laughs) end up like falling up. Let's let's just say the Raptors in in just a alternate universe. If the Raptors fall apart, I am more than willing to give the the um, the Utah Jazz whatever they want from this team, other than Pascal Siakam and and Kyle Lowry because they're going to be all stars and just add them to that team so they can just go on a finals run without a single all star, proving that it's possible to do to win a championship in the NBA without a superstar. I want to see it so bad. You'd give up OG? I would. No, I don't want to give up OG. You'd give up. I'll Fred? give them Patrick McCaw. I'd, <laughs> I I would I would here's the thing I would give up Fred if the price is right like if they're offering us, us something good like a couple of first round picks or which is impossible but if they it. offer us like a first round pick and maybe some other young talent I would do it because I think the Raptors can find someone young who can play the point for the Raptors for the for many years to come We're I wouldn't give up OG. <laughs> I know, I know, but if but here's the thing: we go up Fred Van Vliet, get a first round pick from the Utah Jazz, and draft Lamelo Ball, okay. bring in Giannis in free agency, pair him with Pascal, <laughs> and realistically, probably sign LeBron at some point when he's old. When he's old and 38, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be good. He's that's, gonna want to play with his son, man. That, he's going back. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's fine. We'll draft his son too. <laughs> What's stopping us? We'll take the first. Also, um. If LeBron James is a free agent the same year as 
as his kid's draft class, like, would you, and let's say his kid is not the top, the top um, prospect in the draft. Would you draft the kid for a chance for LeBron to, for a better chance that LeBron signs with you in free agency? Is that a thing you would do? There's no way that's going to happen because LeBron has so much pull that he would, he would encourage his son to sit out and say, I'm not signing with you. Trade me. Yeah, that's correct. Um, before we wrap things up and do our two minute offense with our football picks, I just have one, one more quick question for you. Sure. Yeah. Um, this is something I, I talked about with uh, Kevin in the past. I think it might have been on this podcast. But every time I see LeBron James in the news, I always wonder what sort of nickname his but like his close knit circle like use when they talk to him. You know, like when they address him, like do they call him Bronny or do they call him King? Probably call him Bron. I would love it if they call him King. Like, hey, King, like you need to do- you need to have this taco truck and like donate a bunch of tacos to like the first responders. Great PR move after China. I would love it <laughs> if like his best friends call him King. I'm thinking That's the so new perfect. friends call him King and the, like the lifelong friends call him Bron. That's that's probably fair. Um, but. I would if I ever meet him and if I ever become best friends with him, I'm going to call him King because I'm going to think it. I think it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but anyways, going to wrap things up. We have the two minute offense. We got to let you go because you have you have another podcast to jump on. So let's see. Um, do you want to give picks or you're not a big no, you, gambler? No, you can fight. You could start and then I'll, I'll tell you whether or not I agree. How's that? That works. Let All me right. just open up my picks real quick. Oh, God, I have a problem. I have such a huge gambling problem. (laughs) I I love football so much. Anyways, uh, game number one, we got the Houston Texans playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Every time I turn on the TV since the football season started, it seems like the Jaguars are always playing a team that's one and five. The Houston Texans are not that team. Sean Watson, spectacular. 1.5 point spread on the road. Houston Texans is a pick you got to make if you want to make some money. Um, next up, Carolina playing the Tennessee Titans. Carolina's at home. Big bounce back game coming after whatever whatever the hell that was against San Francisco. Carolina's only a four-point favorite. Take Carolina to win that game. Um, moving on, we got the Indianapolis Colts, who are a really good team, and I really love Jacoby Brissett, and they're only a one-point favorite against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is just a complete disrespectful act by Las Vegas. Mason Rudolph is not a good quarterback. Indiana, the Indianapolis Colts, only a one-point favorite. Just go with the Colts. And then to wrap things up, there's a lot of good picks this week because I also really love the New England Patriots. But I really love the Detroit Lions this uh, this weekend because they're playing the Oakland Raiders for some wild reason. The Raiders are two-point favorites, even though uh, the, the Lions are on the road. Raiders are a two-point favorite. Matt Stafford legitimately looks like an MVP candidate based on just how he has been playing. The Raiders suck. Go with the Lions. The Lions could be a sneaky playoff team. That's my four picks. Adam, how does that sound? Sound good to me. The only one I would have a little disagreement with is Houston. Isn't that a London game? Is it actually? It's a 9.30 London game. Oh, so oh yeah, it's definitely. Okay, yeah, that's a London game. They probably worship Gardner Minshew there. Okay, yeah. whatever. Screw that game. I'm not going <laughs> to trust Houston there. Let's Just go, go with, with Buffalo. Pats. You can't go wrong. Go with Buffalo over Washington. Come on, man. It's easy money. It's 10. The spread is 10, though. 
Yeah, I know. Just, just, just whatever. <laughs> you, you know, you know what? I'm not gonna make that pick on Saturday when I go make get my um, get my uh, point spreads. But because we have Adam Corsair on this show, I'm gonna go with the Buffalo Bills. They're a ten point favorite against a trash football team, the Washington Redskins. No idea who's starting that game because I believe uh, Chase Keenum got hurt last uh, last week. So we'll see what happens. What's the spread for Minnesota KC? Minnesota KC. Is that a Monday night game? No. No. Oh, no. There's no. I can't see a spread yet. They haven't. Oh. I think it's because they're waiting on uh, Patty Mahomes. Okay. All right. Yeah. And and the crazy thing with the Bills is they got to prepare for three different quarterbacks this uh, this upcoming week. All three of them suck. Yeah. This is terrible. They, they, all su- they all suck in different ways. So that makes it difficult to prepare for because you have no idea who's going to play. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That defense is elite. Yeah, that's correct. But that's correct. Well, anyways, we got to wrap this one up. Um, Adam, thank you again for joining us on such short notice. Uh, Kevin, I hope your Chicago Bulls figure it out. Um, Hopefully not. And okay, (laughs) I, 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 dude, I can't stand the Chicago Bulls. I've because of Kevin, I've been watching the Chicago Bulls play basketball on like a dude on a Wednesday night. I'm watching them play the Cavs. What? (laughs) <laughs> this is what life has come to but anyways um adam plug yourself where can we find you uh you can for, first of all thank you for having me on dude at, at short notice long term notice whatever if, if i can be here i'm on the show no problem at all um you can find me on twitter at south of the six like the cool kids spell it it's six the number six rather the letters i x and south of the six uh, always talk Raptors, always talk Blue Jays. I'm very active during Raptors games because there's so much going on. And it's just really fun to connect with you all. Um, you can find the podcast, South of the Six podcast, on all your podcatchers, whatever device, whatever streaming service that you guys use. We're on there. Search for it. Give us a five-star review. Download the episode. Subscribe. Mm-hmm. Do it all. All the above. Um, you can check out the website, southofthesix.com. We don't really write anymore. It's just really a place that you can dig through the archives and listen to episodes and realize how I don't know shit and how wrong I was. So otherwise, that's it. <laughs> that's all I got for you, man. No, that's that's awesome. And is it cool if I jump on your podcast to talk some Jays when they sign Garrett Cole in, in the offseason? Because <laughs> that's going to happen. It's We're going to sign Garrett Cole. Booked. Consider it booked. Yeah. If, Gar- if Garrett Cole is signs at the Blue Jays, I expect a Twitter DM from you going like, let's fucking do this. We will have an emergency podcast when that happens. Oh yeah. I will, whatever I, no matter the situation, I might be on my deathbed. I might be in the middle of a date. I might be at no matter where I am. If Garrett Cole signs with the Jays, I will leave my entire family just to record a podcast with you. <laughs> Sounds great. Done. Consider okay. it done. Awesome. There we go. Well, on that note, um, this has been another episode of the Pick and Pod. Until next week.